WTBRFM, Pittsfield. Welcome to Ham on WTBR, the all-inclusive ham radio show for hams and non-hams alike. Be part of the show. Contact us on www.facebook.com slash hamjamtv. And now the hosts of the show, Peter and Jessica. Ham on. And good morning. Good morning. Oh, Stalk, because here's my call. <laughs> good morning, good morning, everybody. How you doing? No, it's not time for AEW. It is time for him on. Hey, guys, how you going? How's it doing? How are we? I hope you're doing good. Today's wonderful show today. We have Fred, we're going to have Fred Kammer. Uh, I hope everybody has, hope everybody's having a good day. Yeah. I hope, ah, thanks, you're awesome. Now we are all deaf. Oh. Thank you. Thank you for the feedback, man, you're cool. Ah. Oh. Sorry, we're trying, we're having some technical difficulties. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yep. I, I, I. I'm good. I'm okay. I think I lost my eardrum for a moment. I'm sorry to anybody that heard that. I'm my bad. All right, we have. That was wonderful feedback, by the way. We have. It's my honor and my <sighs> privilege because we haven't had him on since before. He was running for New England District Director, but it's my honor and my <laughs> privilege to have back in the WTBR studios, kind of. On the phone, Fred Kemmer, AB1OC. Fred, are you with us? Hey, sir, how are you? Yes, I'm here. How are you doing? Doing good, sir. How are you? First of all, doing good. congratulations on winning New England District Director. Congratulations. All righty. Thank you, Peter, very much. It's, um, it's great to be able to serve the Hams in New England as director. We, we have, I brought with me, let me the picture. Uh. I brought with me, we have the June 26th, 27th QST for Field Day, and we have you on the laptop. <laughs> I'm having a very difficult time hearing Peter's questions. Oh, maybe because oh, no. maybe I should turn on the microphone, then you can hear my questions. There, there we go. you go. Oh, That'll yeah. help. Yeah, I, we have the uh, June 26th, 27th. Uh, uh, or the, the, the June Field Day 2021 QST with you on the laptop. Yeah, that was quite an interesting surprise. Um, Turn it around, uh, dude. Okay. Go ahead. No. I was just going to say that actually uh, happened before I knew I was going to be running for director. And uh, the ARL had reached out to, to me and some of the folks on my radio club to see if we would help them promote Field Day last year. <laughs> and it was uh, kind of cool to be able to do that. 
And I'm glad you're here. And like I said, I don't know if you're here. I didn't have my microphone on. But it's my honor and my privilege to have you back on my show as New England District Director. So fill us in. What's uh, going on since you've taken, uh, taken office? Well, thanks. Um, well, um, uh, let's see. A couple things. Uh, first of all, the ARL's been making some good progress on, uh, on a number of fronts. Um, some key people have been hired down at headquarters. <laughs> and uh, um, also, um, we've set up uh, quite a bit of uh, what we promised is something that we, uh, we put together as part of the election called our 100-day plan to try to put some folks in place to uh, help with some amateur radio problems and get them solved here in New England, and also to improve communications between the ARL and the folks in the New England division. So those are just some of the highlights of, of what we've been working on, and uh, we're actually making quite a bit of progress in our first couple months in office here. That's good. I guess the big question is the black hole that is WMA. Well, how we, uh, what, what are, do, you, uh, do you have any steps to try to uh, fix our black hole here? Well, uh, you know, I think um, the, the, a lot of that comes down to having the people in the section and the radio clubs in western Massachusetts get uh, a little bit more involved uh, in what's going on. So a couple things that we've been doing. Um, I've appointed uh, four people to help me um, work some problems that I think are certainly important in western Massachusetts. And they were also very important across all of New England. Um, those four folks are, are what are called assistant directors. They are people who work with me and Phil, K9HI, who's our vice director, um, to do things for ARL members and for HAMS in general. So maybe I'll start out and just explain who those people are and what they're doing and how that might help Western Massachusetts. Um, first of all, the four roles are about what I heard as being big issues for a lot of folks here in New England and including Western Massachusetts. So the first uh, assistant director is Corey Golub, KU1U, and he's trying to bring people together in the division that are interested in emergency communications, public service work, um, to try to share programs that work. Um, Corey's also looking at ways to bring new people um, into emergency communications work, and uh, just generally to help promote activities um, in those areas. Um, traffic handlers, Marsha Ford, and some of the traffic folks are heavily involved. Um, Aris people are involved. And I'm hoping that folks, uh, more folks in western Massachusetts will get involved with Corey on emergency communications work. Um, the second person that, uh, that I put in place is a gentleman by the name of Rob Lydon, K1UI. And Rob is focused on basically protecting our spectrum in different ways. Um, his, one of his early initiatives, he's working with uh, HAMS across the division and with Ed Hare down at the lab to put together um, a set of procedures that we can use to track down and resolve RF interference problems. Um, he's also looking at working with people in Eversource, one of the major power companies here in New England, to get their support and help in resolving some of these kinds of problems. And the other initiative that Rob is working on is to try to get more activity going in our bands uh, above gigahertz and above. Um, as many of you probably know, we've just recently lost um, a piece of the 3 gigahertz spectrum. And uh, we're very, very worried that that uh, same kind of situation could happen with other bands up in, up in the 1 gigahertz and above range in the UHF and above. And so Rob is working with some folks who are trying to build New England-wide data networks for emergency communications, repeater linking, 
and to other applications to see if we can't get some more activity going on those bands. Um, the third assistant director is Anita Kemmer, AB1QB, and she is taking her long experience in licensing, ham developing, and mentoring and trying to get folks involved across New England and in western Massachusetts, and in particular. And I know that many of the clubs and groups in western Mass are really struggling with uh, bringing new members into their activities. Um, Anita's trying to uh, take programs um, that have worked uh, here in New England on a smaller scale and get folks involved in other parts of, uh, of the division to apply those programs to bring in new members, get new folks licensed and most importantly, get, get people on the air. And then the final assistant director is someone who has just uh, been put in place. His name is Dan Norman, N0HF. And uh, Dan is going to be focusing on reaching out to young people in schools and other groups to promote STEM learning through amateur radio and try to get some younger folks involved and excited about amateur radio. Um, Dan's done some great work out in Colorado to form youth amateur radio clubs, um, and get young people involved in, uh, in uh, activities out in the western states, and we're hoping he's going to be able to do the same thing here in, uh, in New England. So those are just some of the things that we're doing to try to help with uh, amateur radio uh, problems to get solved, uh, promote getting new people active in the hobby, and I believe those are programs in particular that will help western Massachusetts with some of the issues that are going on there. Now, the big issue out here, Fred, is traffic handling. No, uh, Western Mass Traffic Net has one traffic handler, and that's me. Um, I'm trying to get other people in, and you did mention STEM, and I think I did a show a couple of months ago um, about getting STEM going here in Western Mass. I, in Western Mass, I even offered to donate some equipment if one if one school would stand up and uh, start the STEM thing. So. Um, I, I, I know you got a whole division to work on, but it's just some of the stuff that's going on out here. We do link up. We are linked across the state through um, Echolink, through K1FFK, and um, NEWENG2 on Echolink and the Minuteman Repeater Association Network. But it's just, and you're right, it's so far, it's so hard trying to find people. I know Aries, Bob, K1YO. He's so short-staffed. He's still doing, trying to do training in that, and he's still short-staffed. I know Ray, K, uh, whatever his call sign is, I know he changed it, our section manager. He's really pushing in, but how do we get, how do we light fire here? I mean, I'm doing what I can with the radio show, and I got you know a couple of VE sessions coming up, and I'm working on the STEM stuff. How do we light fires here? In I know, uh, I said I know you got a whole division to work with, but <laughs> this, how do you light fires under Western Mass? What can we do to light some fires here? All righty. So here's what I would suggest you do, Peter, on the two issues that you're concerned about: traffic handling and young people. Um, I would ask that you personally get involved with Corey KU1U on the question of help for uh, and support for more traffic handling work. Um, I know that Marsha Ford, who, as you know, is very involved in traffic handling across New England and also in other parts of Massachusetts, um, is working on some programs to help get more people involved in traffic handling. I know she has a presentation that she does at various radio clubs. Um, she's going to be doing one at, at a club here in New Hampshire in a few weeks um, to try to get people to understand how to get involved in traffic handling, how to get trained, what the various nets are, and so on. 
And Corey is helping Marsha promote those activities. And I'm sure if you got engaged with uh, Corey as part of the process that he has running, he would help you promote some of the work that you're trying to get going uh, better in Western Massachusetts as well. The other person I'd suggest you reach out to is Dan Norman, N0HF, for some help in uh, getting programs started in schools um, in Western Massachusetts. Dan has got quite a bit of experience with this kind of work, and he's going to be bringing people together in other parts of New England who have been successful and know how to kind of go about uh, ramping these kinds of programs up, and I bet you can get some help there as well. Here. Yeah, I work, I work with Marsha. I'm, I'm Marsha's assistant section traffic manager for Western Mass, so we're working on some stuff. Um, the next question, and I, I think we brought this up last time you were on the air, is how are things going with the $35 fee that the FCC is now charging? I know it's still $15 at the test session, and then I guess you have to pay to get your license downloaded or what have you. But any, what is the league doing, uh, you know, if you can say anything, what is the league doing to help out that? Yeah, great question, Peter. So first of all, that $35 fee, the FCC has not yet said when they're going to start applying that fee. So, so far, um, um, we haven't had to pay it yet, but we know it's coming. One of the things that the ARO did at the uh, board meeting uh, in July last year is they put a program in place for young people where the league will pay that $35 fee and also give younger folks, I believe it's under 18, who want to get their first license, a $5 break on the ARL fees as well. So we, unfortunately, we couldn't prevent the FCC from deciding to charge those fees. They, sometimes the FCC doesn't really listen the way we would hope they would. But what the league did is, is they put a program in place to make sure that that doesn't become a barrier for younger people who may not have a lot of money but want to get an amateur radio license to basically waive those fees. And actually, uh, for, for people who qualify for this, for young folks getting their first license, it's actually five bucks cheaper than it was before because five dollars of the ARL VEC fees are also being waived. Oh, so, so this way, no one's got a hold of me. I'm a VEC for No Bark. Um, how do we get the clubs going? Because No Bark here, that Northern Berkshire Amateur Radio Club, is really hurting. Our membership is down, and I think the last meeting they had like six people there. Um, how do we, you know, get the, the clubs going? I know it's hard for me to get anything done through No Bark, even though I'm on the board of directors, but is there something we can do to jumpstart the clubs as well? Absolutely. I've got two things for you there that are positive. One is uh, get involved with Anita AB1QB's group. Um, she is going to be very much focusing on uh, work through clubs to get new hams involved in clubs. And there are some pretty good programs that some folks here in New England are already doing, um, licensing classwork. Um, things like ham boot camp, where we try to train hams that have got a license to get on the air and get active. Um, and uh, that's what Anita's assistant director role is about. She's going to be bringing folks together, club presidents, um, the affiliated club coordinators, and just hams that in general are interested in building up clubs to try to share programs and ideas to help get new people involved. Um, the other thing that's going on, um, the, the ARL Foundation has a small club grant program that's designed to help clubs fund projects that they want to do. And, you know, one of the number one things that causes clubs to have problems recruiting new members is they simply aren't providing enough activities to get people interested in being part of their clubs. 
The Club Grant Program, the small one, is designed to fund clubs who uh, want to start new programs. And there's some really good news. There's a group of hams um, called ARDC out in California. You may have heard of them that hold a whole huge block of IP v4 addresses for uh, amateur radio use. And, of course, those IPv4 addresses are really not being used, so they've just sold a bunch of them and literally have millions of dollars to donate um, to help amateur radio. And they formed a nonprofit to do precisely that. The ARL Foundation has just received a half a million dollars worth of grants that we will be dispensing this year to amateur radio clubs who need help from a whole range of things, everything from basic stuff, like a club that might only have five or six members and, and needs money just to have a place to meet so they can work on rebuilding themselves, all the way up to some pretty advanced and expensive projects to do work in schools, to help hams get on the air, to do emergency communications work and other things. I'm involved with a group of people at the ARL Foundation right now in my new role as director to define how that uh, that larger grant program is going to work and to set up a process whereby clubs can apply for and get those funds to uh, to help rebuild themselves. Cool. You're listening to Ham On here on WTBR-FM. With us is the New England District Director. I'm so happy to be able to say that. For the ARRL, who got my vote, who I was pushing for here deeply, Fred Kemmer, AB1OC. Um, the, now, I, that takes care of Western Mass. So what are your plans for the division as a whole? Because we are streaming, so I know people in New Hampshire and Connecticut and everybody are listening to us. What are your plans for the division as a whole during your tenure? Yeah, great question. Well, um, I got a, a whole bunch of things. Some of you may, Peter, you may remember this. I talked about something called um, a 100-day plan, the things I were going to try to get done in the first 100 days in office to try to make the division uh, better and also to make the arrow work better for folks in New England. I'm pleased to report that we're 60 days in and I have completed all the items in the 100-day plan. So let me kind of just step through and, and, and share what those things were, and then we'll kind of dig a little deeper on some of the topics. So the first, one of the first things in that plan was to put the four assistant directors that we've been talking about in place and get them up and running. That was a key element designed to attack... Um, things like getting new people involved in amateur radio, um, strengthening our work in schools with younger people, helping get people licensed and on the air, um, dealing with a myriad of RFI problems or beginning to that we're all experiencing um, in, that are affecting our HF bands and, and even our VHF, UHF bands, and then also to create a focus on strengthening emergency communications. I'm pleased to report that, that those people are in place and they're up and running. The second thing I promised to do was reach out to every single person on the ARO Board of Directors, the CEO, the president, the two VPs, um, and try to build relationships so that we could get integrated quickly into the ARO planning and policymaking process and get some things done. I was actually able to co complete all those outreach communications by the end of December before I ever took office. And that turned out uh, to be a, a great step because it enabled me to be effective in the very first board meeting I attended, which was held in January. And uh, you just heard about one of the results of that activity, which is my, the opportunity that's been presented to me to work with other people to define this new club grant program and play an active role right out of the chute there. 
Um, the other thing that I've been able to, uh, to fortunate to do is secure a position on a very influential board committee that uh, works with uh, headquarters um, on uh, how it operates and uh, finances and other things. There is something called the Administrative and Finance Committee, which is one of the three major standing committees, and I've been pleased to report that I've been uh, appointed to be one of the director members on that group. That should open the door for work on things like updating the ARL strategic plan and uh, helping on some of the other issues that relate to uh, to uh, operation of the ARL League headquarters and other things. So that was a key step of, of the 100-day plan that worked out there. The third thing that I promised to do was to significantly improve communications within the division. And in my mind, communications is a lot more about listening than it is about just telling folks what the league is, is doing or has done, okay? So a couple elements of that plan. Um, we said we would have four cabinet meetings. Now, cabinet meetings, every director has a cabinet where they invite section managers, key members of the field staff, club presidents, and other influential hams, kind of the folks that are involved in leadership roles in their division. Um, I held the first one of those about a week after I took office. Um, and we did that prior to the first board meeting. Um, my twist on cabinet meetings um, about to make that sort of inbound communications into the league and headquarters work better, um, I brought some of the key leaders on uh, David Minster, the CEO staff, particularly um, Steve Goodgame, who's in charge of learning, had him do a presentation at our cabinet meeting and hear directly from club presidents, section managers, and so on to get some input. We're going to be doing that four times a year, and that's an imp and continuing to invite key members of the uh, of the uh, staff at headquarters um, to participate, so that folks can uh, get some direct input on what headquarters folks are doing, and more importantly, so they can provide some direct feedback into headquarters about what they think needs to be done. The the other key element of the communications is it's nice that the leaders have a pipeline with me and with headquarters, but what really matters are the hams in the division. Um, you may remember, Peter, that uh, when I was uh, campaigning, I held a couple town hall meetings, which were open to anybody in the division, ARO member or not for that matter, that wanted to come and uh, hear what's going on, ask questions and give input. And that was a chance for me to hear from a lot of different people on what's important to folks in the division. We're not going to stop with the election and doing that. I've already held the first of what I expect will be three member town hall meetings a year um, about a week or so ago. Maybe it's a little more than that now. And we, uh, we spent about two hours um, giving an ARL update. And then most of the time was spent answering, I think, about 75 questions different on all different topics from the members in the division. And we're going to keep doing those because that's a key way that we get input. And I'm also pleased to report that meeting has been recorded um, and is available for anybody who wants to view uh, what went on there. And you can find that on the division website, which is New England Div, NE Div, November Echo, Delta, India Victor, dot um, So that's all part of the communications element of the, of the 100 day commitment. And then the last thing is, is that myself, um, our vice director, Phil Temples, K9HI, and all of our assistant directors have committed to attend no less than six club meetings every quarter. And so if you add all that up, there's six of us. That means that um, 
you will see um, 36 opportunities minimum. Now, sometimes we both end up in the same meeting together because uh, 36 and a quarter is a lot. That works out to over 120 club meetings a year. And we've always believed, I've always believed, that uh, the clubs in um, the ARL are the backbone of amateur radio. Clubs provide mentoring. They provide licensing. They provide a lot of the activities that are meaningful to hams. And they provide the opportunity to, for hams to share and um, amateur radio with each other and enjoy it as a group. So those elements are all in place. Um, and I guess I'm going to need you looking around at what I'm going to focus on for my second 100 days since uh, the first 100 days are done. Yeah, you got the first 100 days done quick. Um, I, I know we only got you for a few more minutes, but the, the, the entourage here, my co-hosts, have a couple of questions. <laughs> um, I, we did a, a, a story, or we did a couple of shows on bullying on, on the airwaves. So Darlene, KD2KOW, you want to ask your question? Fred, I have a question for you, and this one has been really, really getting to me, considering I happen to have been one of them that uh, they were very disrespectful to. Um, the question is, is uh, what do you plan on doing about how the um, newcomers are treated on the radio from um, the uh, older, as I would say, uh, hams? You know, this is something that's very personal for me. By the way, um, I'll tell you a little bit of a story, Darlene. Um, I do something called the 13 Colony Special Event, which is a very popular on-air activity that we do every 4th of July. And I have been personally abused multiple times um, after spending six solid days in my station here in New Hampshire on the air trying to make fun for um, other amateur radio operators and also provide training for newer folks who want to learn how to do special event work. I can very much relate to what you've experienced. Um, I have been for a long time on a personal campaign to speak with as many amateurs club at club meetings, ham fest, and just one-on-one -on -one to stress the importance of, of being welcoming to new people on the air. Did you know, Darlene, that of, of the set of people who get a technician license, less than 25% of them will be active hams and on the air within a year after they get their license? Yes. And that's, that's terrible. It, it is pitiful. I happen to have mine. I believe I'm going on four years or five. I'm not quite sure. I can't quite remember. But I am a general. And when I got on there, one of them turned around and says to me, well, you're nothing but a tech. I turned around and I says to him, you don't know me personally. You don't know who I, who I am. I says, I have a surprise for you. I'm a general. I fought for mine. And I don't like to disrespect, one, I'm a woman, and two, trust me, I can tell you things about my life that you would be very surprised and I have dignity so therefore i'm going to turn around and tell you you're a bully and i wish no longer to speak to you and i and i said 73s with, with dignity and to have a nice day to the other person i was speaking to well good first of all darlene good for you for standing up for what you believe and for other uh, other hams who are are maybe uh newer to the hobby you know what i a couple things i would say to give you some hope you know, going on the air is a little bit like going to New Year's Eve in Times Square. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of people there 
99.99% of them are great folks who really care about amateur radio um, and want to make it a welcoming hobby and a great experience for everybody. And that that one one hundredth of one percent of people who, um, quite frankly, uh, de- behave poorly, um, you can't let those folks discourage you and ruin the hobby for for all the uh, on behalf of all the great folks who are doing the right thing. The other thing I will say is that hams as a whole have lost the art of mentoring or elmering or whatever you want to call that. And if we don't focus on helping new folks that have are getting into the hobby, that are trying to figure out how to build a station, how to get on the air, how to learn how to do amateur radio and have fun with it, how to do emergency communications, which all you need to do is look around at the events of the world this past week to begin to realize how important the role that we play in emergency communications and amateur radio really is. And God help us that we won't have to use some of those capabilities in the middle of a war. Um, it, you know, it, these are the things that make amateur radio great, and more importantly, the commitment to mentoring, learning, emergency communications work, public service, is what makes amateur radio and the people in it great. We need to get focused as a hobby, as a community, on those kinds of activities going forward. Peter's been talking about it. You're talking about it, too. And most importantly, I'm going to try to be out there and impressing the need to do that in, in my role as a leader in the division in New England to get actually <laughs> fired up to do that kind of work. Because if we don't do it, no one else will, and our hobby will suffer greatly um, mm-hmm. for the lack of attention in that area. And we have one more question because I know <laughs> we have to let you go because you're kind of a busy man. Uh, Jesse, who's <clears throat> not a ham, but who loves this show, and trying, yeah, we're exactly. trying to get her to take her test, has a, question, <laughs> a one last question for you before we let you go. Um, sure. As the outsider looking in, I have a, a question. Are all the programs that you have in plan and are doing, are they all being addressed all at once, or is it top priority, one is top priority, and then the rest fall into line? Are they all being addressed at the same time, all given the same priority? Got it, Jesse. Um, and uh, first of all, I hope you really will seriously give in to Peter and Darlene there and get your <laughs> license. It's actually not that hard to do, and I know some excellent amateur radio classes that you can take um, that uh, will help you get your license or, or earn a general or higher license. If you need some help with that, you could reach out to me, ab10c at arl.org or to Anita, AB1QB, at any div. That's New England Division, November Echo Delta India Victor at ARL.org, and we can help you figure out how to get licensed. But on the question of priorities, you know, something I've, I've, I've been a business leader um, for almost my entire working career. And one of the things I've learned in that process is the way you can be an effective leader is to surround yourself with people who are high-energy folks and whose skills and, and abilities complement yours. The, 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 the buzzword for that is to build a good leadership team. And I've been working really hard in that first 60 days here as director to put that leadership team together and get it functioning. So that's what the four assistant directors are about. Phil Temple's our vice director. I treat as an active co-director. Um, there's hardly a day that goes by that I don't work with Phil on some issue or another that he's working on on everybody's behalf along with me. 
And what that gives me is it gives me the ability to have enough leadership bandwidth that we can work more than one thing at a time and actually get focused on, on a number of different problems and give them good, high-priority treatment because it's not just me working on stuff. It's actually all five or all six of us working on stuff. And to the extent that we have other things that we decide to make top priorities, um, we'll appoint us additional assistant directors, or I'll simply engage other folks in the division to work with us to get those things done. Um, for example, one of the things that Phil and I supported uh, and started very early on is a group of YLs who are looking at how to make amateur radio a more diverse, welcoming hobby um, for people of all different groups and sexes and 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 uh, and uh, see what we can do to draw more people and make amateur radio a more balanced hobby that reflects the same makeup of people um, that our general population does. Because quite frankly, if we can't do those kinds of things, um, amateur radio will simply become less and less relevant as our population as a whole becomes more and more diverse. So um, do I have priorities? You betcha I have priorities. It's all of the stuff we've been talking about are priorities. And I do nothing every day, seven days a week, but wake up, work on these issues, try to move as many things forward within the division, within the ARL as I can. And we're going to do that for, uh, for the time we're in office. And you're listening to Ham on WTBRFM. With us is Fred Kemmer, AB10C, the New England District Director. I know we're, we got to let you go. It's, it's been great having you. But one last thing. Any last uh, final thoughts you want to put out before we let you go here today? Yeah. So, first of all, Peter, um, Darlene, and Jesse, thank you for the opportunity to be here with your audience. I very, and also for your support, Peter, uh, uh, to become uh, the Division Director. Um, the one thing I would say is, is this. It's nice that we have the ARL, and the ARL gets your, many people's support to do some important work. But the stuff that really gets done for amateur radio gets done by the hams that do amateur radio every day. And we need all of you to get engaged in the things we've been talking about and help us make amateur radio stronger. The kinds of work on traffic handling and emergency communications that Peter talked about, the work to uh, welcome new hams and help them get on the air that, that Darlene mentioned was so important, getting new people like Jesse licensed and involved in amateur radio. All of these things will determine the future, whether it be a bright future or a difficult future for amateur radio. Um, it's my job to make the resources and the people and the publicity and the focus for programs to make this happen. But I need all of you to get engaged in these programs, work with the assistant directors, and help us make amateur radio better in the division. So, again, thank you, Peter and team, for allowing me to be here today. And I look forward to coming back again periodically to provide an update for and, you. And, yeah, I was just going to say, any time that you want to come back on and give us an update, I will give you the airtime. Just uh, let me know, and we'll get you on the air. You're more than welcome, Very, sir. Very Thanks. good. Thank but, you. For the, 73, Fred. 73, everybody. 73, Fred. Thanks for being here. Bye-bye. Take care. All right, that was uh, Fred Kemmer, AB1OC, the New England District Director for the ARRL. When we come back, ham radio news, local news, <laughs> you name it. Do, 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 world, do, 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 do. You, world news, you name it, we got it. Hey, yes, we do. You're listening to Ham on and WTBR. To the Batmobile. This could be the break we've been looking for. 
Have you ever dreamed of being a radio DJ, spinning your favorite vinyl, CDs, and MP3s? Have you ever wanted to share conversations with interesting guests with the community? Then the WTBR-FM Programming Committee wants to hear from you. We are now accepting proposals for new programs. For more information, visit WTBRFM.com or call 445-4234. Pittsfield Community Radio, for the love of radio. Join Peter and Jessica to relive the magic of Beatlemania every Tuesday from 4 to 6 p.m. for five decades to Fab Four, where together on their own has changed the world of music. Tune in to Pittsfield Community Radio, 89.7 FM, Tuesdays, 4 to 6 p.m. Hi, this is Officer Darren Derby with the Pittsfield Police Department. Folks, unfortunately, drug use is a driving factor for a lot of crime taking place in our city. The most prevalent crime being theft. Please, take the extra time to ensure that your belongings are safe inside your vehicle. Do not leave anything of value in plain sight. Hide your belongings. Place them in your trunk or take anything of value out of the vehicle. Always keep your vehicle locked. Don't make it easy for them. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. Well, hello! Hi! Wow, you are looking fabulous! Is that a Gucci handbag? And your shoes are gorgeous. They're Italian leather. This skirt is Chanel, and I treated myself to this Tiffany bracelet, too. Did you get a raise? I wish. No, I got all this and more at Catwalk Boutique. Catwalk Boutique? That's right. I got the Gucci handbag and Chanel skirt at the Great Barrington location, and the Tiffany bracelet at the Lennox store. Well, you have to tell me about Catwalk Boutique. You will love it. It's an upscale resale shop for women. They have something for everyone, from casual to designer, and everything in the shop is donated. Best of all, 100% of the proceeds benefit Berkshire Humane Society. (laughs) (laughs) I think Mitzi approves. I have to check it out. I'm headed there now. Want to join? The shop is dog-friendly, so Mitzi can come, too. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Catwalk Boutique. The more you shop, the more animals you save. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and at catwalkboutique.org. Is it possible to two utes? Uh, uh, To what? What? Did you say utes? Yeah, two utes. What is a ute? (laughs) W-T-B-R. And we are back. All right. No kidding. Thanks to, uh, thank you, Fred Kemmer, for being here and updating us. And congratulations on... Winning the New England District Director. Now, we're going to go to some local news. WTBR News. Alrighty. Authorities say that they have made an arrest uh, related to the December homicide in Pittsville, Massachusetts. Raymond, I'm going to butcher this. De Col- De La Cruz Batista was found dead in a Pittsfield State Forest on December 4th. On uh, February 20th, the Pittsfield Police Department arrested a 33-year-old Pittsfielder, Jamel Nix- uh, Nixon, part of an ongoing investigation. Mr. Nicholson was arraigned in the Central Berkshire County Court on thir- on Tuesday 
of three charges, a homicide charge, a kidnapping charge, and use of a firearm during commissions of a felony. District Attorney um, Har- 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 uh, Harris. Harrington. Harrington. Yeah, Har- Harrington told WAMC. Nicholson, who was represented by attorney Paul uh, Rondolph at the arraignment, is being held without bail. His pretrial hearing is scheduled for March. Um, they turn around and they says that uh, they had no response to the question at hand at the time. And I, did I hear anything? There, was, there wasn't a motive for killing them and dumping them in the forest? There's nothing right now. There's no response. No, it was, no, it was a kidnapping, it was a kidnapping, killing, and they dumped them. Okay. But there, as they asked, they asked questions, there was no response to the comment. Nothing. I'm so glad you're news director. Next. (laughs) (laughs) Next. How they said it. Uh, The city of Pittsfield drops the indoor, indoor mass mandates. Uh, effective immediately. So, yeah, everybody, drop Yay. those masks. Don't throw them away. Just Bet you couldn't wait to get that story on the air. <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't have to go ahead and uh, keep them in your pocket or anything, but I just keep them just in case because uh, according well, to... Well, if you're going to use public transportation or you go to a home or you're going to, you know, the hospital or anything like that. Exactly. You're taking her I, story. Sorry. Thank you're going right into it. Sorry. You know? Sorry. You're, well, here, since you want to be a smarty pants, you want to read the rest of it now? Let, let her do her story. I'll let you finish since she wants to go ahead and jump the gun. I wasn't jumping the gun. Okay, okay. Time, we'll is, finish. time, time is fleeting. <laughs> uh, yeah, the mandate has been dropped. Uh, let me see. Bureau, Bureau of Health Citing Massachusetts Department. A public health guidance issue on February 15th regarding the use of masks for individuals who are fully, fully vaccinated against COVID-19 in cities' current vaccinery. According to city data, 70, 75% of the city's population is fully vaccinated in nearly 90 Percent of the rain, uh, residents have received first dose of the vaccine. Including uh, everybody in the studio. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm, as a proud, fe- I'm, a, as, I'm a proud stabber. Thank you. As of February 21st, 14-day percent, percent positivity rating has dropped to 59. 56% cases per 100,000 residents down from down from 281 cases per 100,000 residents on January 17th according to the city's uh, COVID-19 impact dashboard uh, there you go okay I, I, I don't like to bring politics into this show but with what's but going on politics Sometimes politics follows us. We have a few stories here um, that have to deal with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Yes. So you go ahead and start. Oh, I, I, I start. Because I start your story leads into mine. 
Uh, which one do you want first? E either one because... Either or, okay. They both lead into my stories. Uh, state of emergency was declared in Ukraine just prior to the Russian military invasion. Among other things, the February 24th decree from, pleasant, from President... Uh, Zelensky. Zelensky. I'm not even going to try the first name. I'm Vladimir. Vladimir? Vladimir Zelensky. Yeah. Oh, wow. Will remain in effect <laughs> for at least 30 days and may be extended as published on the web website of Ver Verka Verkahova Rada. Uh, Ukraine's legislative body to say the merging includes regulation on TV and radio activities and a ban on the operation of amateur radio transmitters for personal and collective use. The decree also imposes a ban on mass events and on strikes and authorities checking the documents of citizens and if necessary conduct search on person persons vehicles cargo Office space and housing curfew was imposed also. Oh, wow. The situation changes rapidly. IARU Region 1 Secretary Matz is spelling S Sierra Mike 6 Echo Alpha November says uh, let me see. Region 1 continues to monitor and monitor the development and aspects all radio amateurs to follow the national laws and regulations opposing the ban. And your next story. Really? 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 Let me see. When... With Russian missiles now falling in Ukraine, it seems that the worst has occurred in an and a full-scale invasion has started. When we wish for the safety of all Ukraine citizens and to into that we and bleh, to that end we again. Have to reiterate our safety warning to all SD, SDMR owners and amateur radio operators in Ukraine that we will put that we put on three weeks ago. Please remember that last year a Korean, uh, Koreanian resident huh. was arrested and was arrested and currently in prison. By Russian forces for using ATR SDR really and scanner radios to listen to the air ban. Crimea had, was a previous territory of Ukraine. Ex uh, uh, annex annexed annexed annexed. What does that mean? It means taken over. Oh, taken over by Russian forces. Why didn't they just put taken over then? Uh, among, along with Ukraine declared state of emergency, one of the conditions is that all transmitting radio 
Transmitting amateur radio activities will be seized. We would also strongly recommend ceasing any public facing receiving activities, including AD, ADSP, SB, Web SDR fees, etc. <clears throat> We're also hearing reports that. 8131 kHz is supposedly being used by Russian strategic bombers for voice communication and has been very active within the last few hours. The WSDR link in the tweet is already at capacity, but you may be able to hear from QE SDR's station around Europe. Okay, before we get to the rest of this, we forgot your weather. Oh, so sorry. Berkshire weather. All right. Well, for the weather for today, apparently, um, we're going to go ahead and have uh, 34 for today and uh, 20 at night. Uh, we have a surprise, though. We have 40% chance of the snow and it's that's not, not a surprise right now yeah well unfortunately that's how it's going to be and uh for thursday we're going to be 23 and 4 at night uh with the uh west northwest winds are going to go anywhere from um about uh 12 to 26 miles an hour to 22 it all depends on how Mother Nature wants to run it. And for Friday, we're going to be 23 in the daytime, 12 at night. And the west-northwest winds from 9 to 17 miles an hour. So, yeah, it's not going to okay, be you're not allowed to do weather fun. reports anymore. <laughs> <laughs> she got it right. Get it. She got it right. And Don't tear up her paper. Also, uh, we have them for, um, for the night, for Friday, and the winds will be anywhere from 13 to 28 miles an hour. For Saturday, we've got 35, uh, 34 for the day and 28 at night. And, w and once again, we've got anywhere from 3 to 13 miles an hour for Saturday. But here's the reason why, folks, for Sunday... We got 40% chance of rain and will be 41 degrees with the winds of 4 to 15 miles an hour. So there you go. That's the reason why all the weather's going like Sybil. Thank you, Jill Swed. You're welcome. Okay. Nature, stop doing cake dance. Couple, couple more things here since we're on the... Ukraine kick. Members of Poland's mm. National Amateur Radio Society, PZK, are providing Windlink email communication links in the 1.8, 3.5, and 14 megahertz bands. A post on the Polish Amateur Radio Union Facebook page reads, Dear Hammer, Dear Ham Operators, in the face of the largest threats in our region and the possibility of an incoming wave of refugees, with over Two, mi two, million or two million already living in Poland, we would like to remind you that we are at your disposal. If you are a licensed amateur radio operator, you can send information by email to your relatives in Poland or emergency services. 
with via the Winlink system, which works on HF bands, independently of access to the local IATCT infrastructure, HTTPS backslash winlink.org backslash winlink express. We advise you to download the software, install it, and check its operation. Polish winlink nodes are QRV on 160, 80, and 20 meters. SR5WLK dial frequency 3595.5 kilohertz USB. SR3WLK dial frequency 14111 kilohertz USB and SP, uh, SP3IEW dial frequency 1865 kilohertz USB. If you receive information about the cutoff of the internet in the region, in danger we will be QRV daily as SP0MASR at 1820 UTC. On the frequencies 377 kilohertz plus or minus QRM, 7110 kilohertz plus or minus QRM. In such a situation, please communicate in Polish or English. We are here to serve you. So if you have family in the Ukraine that ran to plead to Poland, here's your chance to get a hold of them on Winlink. We'll keep that for the duration of the uh to the duration of the invasion, and we'll put that out periodically. Uh, the FCC amateur radio licenses may not be used, may not use radio equipment to commit criminal acts. I can't believe the FCC had to put this back out again. Wow. The FCC Enforcement Bureau has reissued an earlier enforcement advisory that licenses in the amateur radio service as well as licenses and operators in the personal radio services are prohibited from using radios in those services to commit or facilitate criminal acts. The Bureau recognizes that these, that these services can be used for a wide range of permitted and socially beneficial purposes, including emergency communications and the speech that is protected under the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. The FCC said amateur and personal radio services, however, may not be used to commit or facilitate crimes. As we it did, really got to put this out here. As it did in yes. advisories in 2021, the Enforcement Bureau is reminding amateur licenses that they may not transmit communications intended to facilitate a criminal act or messages encoded for the purposes of obscuring their meaning. Likewise, Individuals operating radios in the personal radio service, a category that includes citizens, band radios, family radio service, walkie-talkies, and general mobile radio services, are, pro are prohibited from using those radios in the connection with any activity which is against federal, state, or local law. Individuals using radios in the amateur radio or, prefer or personal radio services in this manner may be subject to severe penalties, including significant fines, seizure of the offending equipment, and in some cases, criminal prosecution. To report a crime, contact your local law enforcement office or the FBI, the FCC advised. Yes, you have your hand up. Miss uh, Matice. Isn't it in the flocking test that you don't go ahead and use it for illegal crap? Yeah, it is. But there's also don't a lot of stuff in the test. Don't study that part to get the license? There's a lot of parts in the test that they seem to forget over the years. All right. We, we got a few minutes here. Know your Berkshires is out this week. Pickleball. 
that was a fun show to do. Pickleball. I'm sure everybody tunes into Pickleball. Pickleball. I've heard you guys were uh, pretty much. And no, no, it's not a game where you go. Maybe we get Carol. Turn and, on and Carol's microphone, ball. and why don't you say she could tell us about pickleball since she plays it? And no, no, it's not a game where you use pickles <coughs> as a ball. No, that's, that's not, what I that's thought. Not the game. No, you know what I thought when we first heard pickleball? I thought they were like batting pickles around. <laughs> but it's actually <laughs> a paddle. So it's just, so it's what I know, right? That's what I just said. It's actually a paddle, and they use. Remember the wiffle balls back in the day? They used wiffle balls. Yeah, oh, I okay. I have I have one for the rabbits, like a bright neon. The colors green one. don't matter apparently. Sorry. <laughs> so pickleball. Awesome. Uh, Western so the Ma- rabbits playing pickleball when he's in the cage. Yes. Yeah. Western Mass traffic net is kind of down and out for the time being. We lost the Echo Link radio. Which my NCS used because one's in East Mass and one's in New Hampshire. Yeah. They're now in Florida for till April. Yeah. And and my power supply is toast, so uh, we're off the air for a little while. Uh, But you can still catch us on NEWENG two for the heavy hitters traffic net at 10 p.m. every night except Saturday. Uh, next month on Know Your Berkshires, we don't know. We're trying to get somebody, and we're trying. I kind of upset Carol's whole plan now, so we'll keep you posted. <laughs> if we don't, well, if we don't get who we want to get, then who we get? Um, I can't. It's. I think it's something like Nami, but I'm not sure. Okay, something like Nami, but we're not sure. But we'll we'll keep you posted because we're trying to get somebody we're important on her show. Well, well, yeah. Well, we're trying. Nami's important, but we're trying to get someone you would never expect. Someone you would never expect. There, that's better. Yes, Matt. someone who is a Massachusetts native and has who does a lot of things for and who has pets. Oh, we'll give it away because he's been on the show. We are trying. We'll keep you posted, but we are. I am trying to get Steve Caparizzo from WTEN to come to Know Your Berkshires and talk about Pet Connection, which, you know, he handles, he takes care, he donates all the money he gets for Pet Connection to Berkshire Humane Society, Mohawk Hudson Humane Society, Columbia Green, Green Humane, Humane Society. So we'll keep uh, you posted up to that. And home for... Yeah, we gotta go. So on behalf of Carol, Darlene, and Jesse, and myself, we will see you next week. Have a good day, everyone. 73, guys. Take care. Thank you.